Good evening, cool cats, cool kittens, and welcome to another episode of Couch Potato Sports, Denver Broncos podcast. My name is Zach, and I'm here with my good friend Anthony, and we're here to talk about the most recent news uh, that absolutely destroyed Broncos country, and as much as we thought or knew it was going to happen, it still doesn't make it easier. Uh, beloved of Vaughn Miller, number 58, best defensive player of all time in Broncos history, arguably one of the, be- the best Broncos in Broncos history, one of the best players in NFL history, nonetheless, has uh, been traded to the Rams for a second and third round pick um, on Monday. So uh, we'll go over that. This is going to be uh, largely podcast dedicated to Von Miller because, you know, he deserves it. He's been uh, the staple to this community of Broncos country for 10 years. And um, I think he deserves a, a good shout out and a good farewell. So Anthony, my friend, how are you doing? bad man not too bad at all good good how was your halloween it was good it was uh nursing a little bit of a hangover for most of the day but yeah you know but it wasn't too bad you know got to the kids are still a little too young to trick-or-treat so yeah just we just took them over to uh my parents house and the in-laws house just to show them off the costumes and you know get a little goodie yeah man it was good how about you Oh, mine was good, man. Um, we actually took Carson out for the first time, and uh, right on. He absolutely loved it. He was he was uh, crapping in high cotton, that's for sure. He was uh, <laughs> <laughs> he was walking around, and he was pointing out all the houses he wanted to go to. Except we did go up to one of the one of the houses down the street for me, and I had no idea. But we turned the corner, and this guy's dressed up as just this demonic bat looking creature Mm -hmm. and he's waiting on the front porch scaring kids so did not see that until it was too late uh, (laughs) carson did not did not enjoy that one bit understandably so um it didn't ruin it for him uh he did he did cry a few and all that stuff but i mean it's it's all part of halloween you know right but uh it was funny because we were walking down the street next to us and uh, there's a guy in his backyard that has – it's cool. He has a gate that opens to his street. So he added another gate to his fence mm-hmm. So or moved his gate out of the way or something. And uh, he had that open, and he was dressed as uh, Pennywise, and he was uh, stalking children. <laughs> oh, God. That's a <laughs> pretty we, crazy neighborhood. <laughs> I know, right? Then we had another guy down the street uh, was hanging out in his garage – and it was lined with blue lighting. So you, you walk up to it and you're just like, huh, that's weird. Okay. I wonder why the garage is open. And then uh, you basically turn around and you look back at the garage and you see Michael Myers standing there staring at you. And then he starts walking towards children and it freaks them out. Wow. That's awesome. <laughs> so we have, we have characters in the neighborhood. That's for sure. So that's you get good the joy out of staring. Get, yeah. I love it. I remember one year I stood outside my front porch as uh, Freddy Krueger with strobe lights and fog lighting, scaring the hell out of kids. So <laughs> that's how it goes, man. So that's right. But 
Cool, man. Well, I'm glad you had a good time. I'm glad the kiddos had a good time. That's what it's about. And now it's uh, it's officially Christmas. So easy, <laughs> easy. We got to get to Thanksgiving first. Yeah, I know you're one of those guys, huh? You're Thanksgiving, one of Thanksgiving guys. Thanksgiving is an underrated holiday. It's for Thanksgiving. Some, it's, it's like my, one of my like. It's easily like top three, like maybe even top two. I you love know, Thanksgiving. I there's some damn good food that is served at Thanksgiving, but I mean, I mean, food, uh, football, family, right. friends, like that's that's the best. Right? There's not much football on Christmas very often. That's and if true. It is, that's and if true. it is, it's bad football because it's end of season, <laughs> end of regular season football. So, right. And <laughs> don't get me wrong, though. I love me some Thanksgiving. I love the food, but we are putting up our Christmas decorations tomorrow. So don't. Oh hate. boy. Oh boy. Yep. I can't that, wait for you to see him on household. Facebook. We are that household. We are festive <laughs> as hell. We are the jolliest bunch of assholes this side of the nut house. <laughs> but, okay, so uh, before we get into the Von Miller thing, you know, kind of save that for the last half of the podcast, you know, dedicate that last half, basically. Kind of want to go into, obviously, we played a football game. Uh, for those that forgot, you know, it's obviously being overshadowed by the Von Miller news, but we played a football game and we won that football game. And I'll be honest with you, man, like after all these recent events, I hardly remember that football game. Like I had to, I had to go back and rewatch a lot of it mm-hmm. to remember what happened. And it was such, it was just such a, a boring it was a really, it was really a boring football game. All in yeah, all, it was. Yeah, man. It was just not much happened. So, are you feeling? Did you feel the same way? You just really can't remember much of it. One hundred, one hundred percent. As I, a little bit of a hangover, so you know that's perfect time to lay on the couch and watch football. But it was yeah. one of those games, dude. That no, like memorable, not really mem- any many memorable plays until the end, obviously. Just really slow. I'm pretty sure I do, you know, dozed off for a little bit, few minutes throughout the entire game, dude. And yeah, I, I feel you. I mean, it was, that might've been the most struggle. I mean, I struggled to watch that game more than I have any game this season so far. And that's pretty bad. Yeah. And we won that game too. That was the most interesting thing for me is that somehow, somehow I found my, yeah, I mean, we squeaked it out for sure. And, I just, I feel the same way. It's just, it was one of the more unwatchable games. And I don't know if it's just the mindset we've been in, you know, just the lackluster team we've been watching. It could just be a mixture of everything, all of the above. But yeah, man, I just, I I sat there and I had, I had my Von Miller jersey on and I was watching it and, you know, it was, I was engaged, I thought, (laughs) you know, it was just, just one of those games, and you know, and, and I do uh, blame a lot of it on the, you know, the recent news too. You know, I've been kind of consumed with that and been up in the fields for that for sure. But um, yeah, yeah, it's it's just this. I don't know if you feel the same way, but this season to me is just like, eh. It's just like. Oh, I, I mean, I hope we win, but it turned into um, that very quickly too. It did, it did, especially with what recently happened. It's just this: George Payton is clearly looking towards the future. He's seen enough of this team, so he did everything he could 
for Vic Fangio and his coaching staff. He went out and got the quarterback they wanted. They got the secondary they wanted. They re-signed Von Miller, you know, for another year. Did all this stuff. Basically had a grocery list and got all of the items from the grocery store and brought it to Vic Fangio. Am I wrong? Nope, not at all. So uh, George Payton's like, okay, yeah, I'll get you whatever you want. I'd like to see how this team does. And then uh, that's when the evaluation process starts. And we're in, what is it, week nine now? And he's seen enough. He yeah. really has. He's, yeah, I mean, he, I know he had his press conference today and he was talking about, you know, how he still wants to, you know, he's still hopeful for the season and that he still expects the Broncos to make a push for the playoffs. And a lot of that's just saying the right things as a GM. You know, he's, yeah. he's not just going to go out there and bash the football team because, you know, he has his hands all over this football team in such a short season, but. Um, or in such a short uh, tenure as a GM. and uh, But, I mean, the writing's on the wall. It's just – it's it's this Broncos team, the Super Bowl 50 Broncos style team is done. It's dead. Yeah. It's the – it left when – I mean, it showed its face when Peyton Manning left, and it certainly left when Von Miller departed. So – Yeah. Um, which is yeah, still definitely. crazy to say. It's just weird to say it still, you know. Right. But. And I had a, I figured when Vaughn was sitting on Sunday, after pretty much just getting cleated, more or less, and having a week and a half off to get back, I figured there was something to that. Yeah. Uh, but, I mean, but we'll get into that later. But, yeah, with the game, dude, I mean, I, I can't remember the last time a win feels like such a loss. Right. Like, that's so like, sad. And with the way it ended too, like, you know, it's just like us all come. It wasn't too long ago when Vic Fangio was bitching up a storm about John Harbaugh running the ball at an unnecessary time, right? Like, that was only like right. a month ago. And then he's, then he's allowing the fuck, the bullshit play calling to go on that happened at the end of that game. And then after the game, in his post game press conference, pretty much just throws everybody under the bus and is like, yeah, that was horrible by us. It's like, you're the head coach. It would have honestly been better to kneel it out three times and punt the fucking ball. Yeah. And then, and then, just, well, then you put your football players at risk too. Exactly. And, you know, and, yeah, they won. But you won, like, barely to a uh, very not good with Tyler Taylor Heineke, which yeah, the guys had his moments and you know kind of got like almost like the Gardner Minshew type thing going on, like, oh yeah, nobody but can but can still play and you know, all that whole bullshit. But like, dude, you scored seventeen points against one of the worst defenses in the league. One of the worst defenses. And yeah, they this team this defense has a lot of talent on and you know all that, but throughout this season, eight weeks in, a team is who they are by this point in the season. And the excuse me, not the Redskins, the Washington football team, on paper, were one of the worst defenses in the league. And you managed to score seventeen points. It just felt like mm-hmm. a, I mean, it felt like a game that you have we've seen for the last five years, dude. And it's just sad. I mean, it's just sad. 
I mean, Teddy's out there tripping on himself, dropping back, you know, no offense, barely getting and barely getting touched. I mean, it's just, it was just a disaster, dude. And it's just like, like this game to me was like almost like a perfect showing of what like this whole season has been and is going to be. It's just like, it's boring, no excitement. And if we win, it's almost like we lose because at this point, like I'm no one there and say tank, but the, every win you have after this, you're not making them. I mean, they're not making a seven seed. The Raiders are in first place in our division right now. The Chargers are are light years ahead of the Broncos at this point, it looks like. The Chiefs, yeah, they're tied with the Broncos right now, but the Chiefs still have one of the best quarterbacks, if not the best quarterback in football, coaching staff, with great players that are going to figure it out, and maybe they don't have like a season like they've had the last couple seasons, but they're still going to make like The Broncos aren't making the playoff. From here on out, literally only... And I get it. Oh, you want to win for this and that? Like, dude, get lost with that shit. Ask the Vikings how drafting the middle of the freaking draft every year has helped them. Like all these teams. Like if you're not pushing for a Super Bowl run or a playoff run, you're not helping yourself by seven games. It's just, mm-hmm. I mean, it was just that this game brought so much emotion and Almost, I guess, maybe not even emotional, like almost like a lack of emotion because it's finally hit that point of the season where it's like, I don't care. Almost like, like it's almost like rooting for a loss. And it sucks as a fan who wants nothing more than to watch his team win. Like, I don't know, dude. It's just, this was, is that part of the season? Like, th- this game, this is the first time this season where I've really felt just like, I, w- I don't want to say uninterested, but like, caring of the outcome of the game well it's really interesting that you you brought up the middle of the pack and you know there's there is a huge difference from going eight and nine this season nine and eight to going eight and nine nine and eight next season and here's why because this season everyone knows that the coaching staff is going to kick rocks kick rocks this coaching staff isn't going to be around Everyone knows that we're going to have a new owner in place this time next year. Everyone knows we're going to hopefully have a goddamn quarterback. Um, And it's just going to be a completely different team next year. So the difference, the sole difference from going eight and nine this year to going eight and nine next year is the hope factor. So going by going eight and nine this year, you're right. It doesn't help us at all. I don't care. Like there's this team is going to be different next year. Mm-hmm. This isn't, this isn't a, a team. This is a team to build off of, but the current state of the Broncos is not something to build off of. So you going eight and nine next this year means absolutely fucking nothing going eight, and nine next year, you know, nine and eight, Shows that, okay, this new coaching staff is in place. Okay, this new ownership's in place. Okay, going 9-8 and eight with a brand new Broncos team from top to bottom. Yeah, that's so, that says something. It's so, it's so different. Yeah. It's just, I will be excited if we go 9-8 and eight next year. 
Yeah. Because it shows yeah. that we've we're improving. We're getting back into that mindset of the Super Bowl or bust years or this is a perennial playoff team. The Broncos are always a team you don't want to face, especially at mile high, you know, and that's been lost in translation over the last five years, obviously. But the the same time that I feel this disappointment that you feel, because I feel the same way, I am fast forwarding and looking forward to next year, especially with the Von Miller news, because the Von Miller news, although devastating and it sucks, we've had a lot of memories in uh, Colorado with Von Miller and making all these plays, winning a Super Bowl, becoming Super Bowl MVP, all that stuff. That's the old Broncos. That is the old Broncos. I'm looking forward to turning the chapter into this new Broncos team, a George Payton-led team, whoever the owner is, whoever this coach may be. And I'd like to see what is in store for us for this new Broncos team. This is the first time I've actually felt like we're getting a new and hopefully improved Broncos team. Yeah, I mean, Elway's not going to be a part of it. You know, George Payton's going to put his plan in fruition. It's, you know, you get what I'm saying. It's like, it's just going to be, you, you have like, you have the 1980s, the 1990s Broncos. That was done. And then, yeah, I guess you had the years with Jake Plummer. But, I mean, the best they did was an AFC championship game. I mean, trading and, Vaughn is like almost like putting an exclamation or just a period on that era, on the, this Broncos era. Right. And, and I, I, I 100% understand what you're saying for sure. And, yeah, you had the, you know, the Broncos of the 70s, the 80s. You have your, obviously your, the great teams of the late 90s. I mean, and you even have your like early 2000s guy, you know, teams with Jake Plummer, as you said. And then it was like a very long stretch of really shittiness, like really shittiness. But yeah. then, you know, obviously we had our great stretch in the mid to late 10s. So it was like Vaughn on the roster. You always had that hope. Like we have right. a premier, premier, premier player in this league, not just defense player, but a premier player in this league. So you always, always have to do what you can to get back to. I mean, this guy it was the Super Bowl MVP. He was the biggest, he was one of the biggest faces in the league. And I mean, he still is. So you always had that, always had that feeling like, no, you cannot have a player like this. You cannot waste any seasons. You have to take advantage of every single season with a guy like this on your roster. And now that he's gone, it's almost like, okay, they don't have that pressure of like, okay, well, you have to compete now. As Broncos, like franchise, they hold that pressure because that's what their fan base, you know, kind of holds them to. But like internally, it's almost like, okay, we got that was the last little bit. Obviously, McManus is still on the team. He was the kind, the last guy off. He's the last guy on the Super Bowl Fifty roster. But it's, I mean, he was a kicker. Yeah, I mean, he's a kicker. Yeah. yeah, not a like a Mount Rushmore of the franchise type player. Yeah. So, I, I like this really opens the door for just possibilities in the future, and you know. I mean, to me, taking this into, you know, into context with George Payton's, he was on uh, KOA this afternoon 
and did a little interview with those guys, taking into consideration what the moves that they made and what he said. Like, I know we can break. We don't, I don't need to get into it right now. But, like, all, all signs are pointing towards going after a veteran quarterback next year, like, like a, a high-level one, not a Teddy Bridgewater or Joe Flacco, like, Oh, Everything yeah. is pointing towards that. Russell did Wilson you, or yeah, did you hear yeah. about did you hear about George Payton's interview at all this afternoon? Uh no, but I, I understand I'm tracking what you're following because I've seen a lot of reports about yeah. how George Payton is bolstering picks and he's going to make an all out push for a guy well, he, like Russell he, Wilson. Right. You know. And he said in the interviews, like, we are not aiming f- to rebuild right now. That is not the yeah, goal, is to start too, a, yeah. start a full on rebuild. Well, starting a full on rebuild is like quarterback you know first round trading up for a first round quarterback will they explore that option probably i would hope they do but they're i mean if they can probably i mean they've already won four games this season when's the last time a four win team had the first overall pick you know right so they're out of that and there's like in my opinion but one dude worthy of that first overall tag and and at least that quarterback and he's probably really not even worthy of that this year. You know, there's a couple, there's better players than the quarter, but you know, there's not that guy. There's not that franchise changing guy this year coming out. Mm-hmm. There's some talented players that we'll obviously get into in the future. But, um, you know, George Payton's, I don't think that's his mindset at all. He's bolstering the picks, he's clearing up salary to be able to, you know, pay what he needs. And that's what people need to think about. I, I see, like, I've seen people all over the place and, People are pissed off. We traded the face of the franchise. I know. You guys are – and I get it. I get it. Trust me. I get it because it sucks. Like when I saw the news yesterday, it sucks because you have so much, so many memories. And, and especially after like seeing how Vaughn reacted to it and like kind of how emotional he was because a lot of times like when a team's struggling like the Broncos are, those players like that that are that high level are almost like, okay, yeah, I'm ready to go to work. I'm ready to get at – no, he was like – legit upset about it and but that almost at the same time like almost like put my feelings at peace with it it's like okay he doesn't hate what's going on here. he literally said in the message he sent that george payton he trusts in george payton and john elway run off is they're gonna get the ship turned around and he tr- i mean he nothing but good things to say and that almost is like okay awesome he holds no resentment he doesn't think this is a bad franchise. He doesn't – this was not a bad parting. It was a great parting. And the Broncos, I mean, they literally got what they would get for a quarterback in the middle of a season. A two and a three is a good yeah. pick. You know, a two, two and a three is – A two and a three is and Justin Simmons. Yeah. Like, think of it that – those are the rounds those guys are selected in. A two and yeah. a three is, like, is – Cortland Sutton was a second-round pick. Dak Prescott, third round. KJ Hamler, Dak Prescott. You know, yeah, like those level of guys, you know. So, you know, the pe- the fa- I understand the fans that are upset. But, you know, the fans that are talking the most shit and that are thinking that the Broncos are idiots are, are not the Broncos. It's the people that just want to talk shit because, you know, they jumped on a bandwagon in recent years because of just their own goddamn reasons. Like, the people that are talking shit about don't know what the hell they're talking about if that's like the uh-huh. put it. because it is makes sense now we get to see Vaughn go play with 
the best defensive player in all of football on the same defensive line and wreak havoc on the quarterbacks and make a fucking playoff push and make a, a Super Bowl push. Like, let's go. Let's root for the Rams. I'm a Rams fan now. You know, I, root, I, I, I was just going to say I that. I want to see a Super Bowl. I was actually uh, messaging uh, a guy about jerseys, and I was like, hey, uh, how much for a Von Miller jersey for the Rams? <laughs> <laughs> And hey, just probably because I I probably won't get it, but just in the feels, you know, feeling because I I am rooting for him. I am a hundred percent rooting for the man. Uh, he is like you said, he's going, he's playing on the same side as Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey. Like that is going to be a scary ass defense. Uh, and yeah. I, if I, if I was Tom Brady, I'd be a little worried for sure. Um, so yeah. I mean, the Broncos aren't going to do shit this year, so go Rams. I know they're L.A. I hate L.A., but go yeah. Rams. So yep. um, it's, just, it's just I hate L.A.-based teams is what I mean to say. But, uh, yeah, I mean, that would be really cool to see Vaughn Miller just – because he deserves it, man. The guy, he puts it all out there every snap. You know, there's 110.5 sacks recorded of him just – Going all out, you know, extending, especially those plays that are being extended. There's a few that I saw in the past that I had forgot about where Those... you don't even see him on camera. And then he just comes out of nowhere from the other side. And when he started yeah. on the left side, he comes all the way around because he got pushed out. And then he comes from the right side and just levels. Um, what's his face? Philip Rivers. Philip Rivers. Yep. He was insane. He was a yeah. He's the, he's the Lawrence Taylor of our generation. Yep. Yes. Exactly. I mean, he is. He's he's comparable to players like that. And first ballot Hall of Fame, Hall of Famer, definitely a Broncos Ring of Famer. Um, I am definitely going to probably try and go to that game that they induct Von Miller into the Ring of Fame for sure. Um, but. You know, he just, it would be cool to see him just get another chance. You know, I saw this funny meme where it said, uh, <laughs> going to sleep, uh, four and four and waking up seven and one. And it's him with his Cowboys hat on, <laughs> Cowboy mm -hmm. hat on, they all happy. Yeah, yeah, I am happy for him. I mean, this, the Broncos, it's not that the Vaughn Miller was, wasn't doing anything for the Broncos. It's that the Broncos weren't doing anything for Vaughn Miller. And they, yeah, they tried. They tried to get. They yes. tried. To, they tried to take shortcuts, dude. They tried to take shortcuts, right? To get back to that, and it just didn't happen. And it took a competent, smart GM to finally say, you know, it's it's time to change something up. And Peyton said they were unsure if they were going to be able to re-sign Vaughn because he, yeah, and he wasn't. I mean, and the Broncos with their the state of their. Roster, we're not going to be willing, probably not going to be willing to pay him what he wanted. Like, we got to re-sign guys. We got to re-sign Cortland Sutton. You know, Bradley Chubb, these uh -huh. kind of guys. You know, like, these are guys we have to re-sign. And then, oh yeah, go find um, the most important position in all of sports at the same time. So, I mean, it was the right time, dude. It was, and uh, I had a couple people ask me about it. Uh, through text or whatever. And, you know, I was just like, hey, I know it sucks, but, you know, like you said, Von Miller was gone after this year. Um, the chances of us re-signing him after this year was very, very slim, you know, especially after, you know, if we finish the season, 
with a losing record. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's they just don't see him sticking around for much longer. So hey, and who knows, George? Who knows? He he said it. He made it very very clear. Oh yeah, his message. Come back. Like, hey, yeah. <laughs> Shannon Sharp did it. I would love yeah. to do something like. He he didn't say it like to make us. It didn't seem like he was saying it to make the fans feel better either. Like it literally, no, it genu- felt it genuinely way, yeah. felt like he meant that way. So hey, use those picks that you just acquired for him. How about it, would this not be the ultimate fuck by George Payton? <laughs> this trade, you get a two and a three. You use those two, that two and a three or whatever. Package all this shit up. Trade for a Russell Wilson and Aaron Rodgers, something like that, and then. Say, oh yeah, Vaughn, come take. You want to be here so bad? Come take twelve million a year. Okay, cool. That would there be there. You go. Flex ever. <laughs> Dude, George Payton would have a statue. My out God, front of the building. Dude, big balls, <laughs> Payton. Dude, straight up. He's. I mean, did you hear him talk about what his son thought? Oh yeah, his son didn't even talk to him. <laughs> his, yeah, his son still won't talk to him. So yeah. hey. Sometimes you got to make those hard decisions, and, and, and I commend him for this. I commend absolutely. George Payton for this. I do not hate the man one at all. Nope. He got a second and a third round draft pick for, for a thirty-two year old pass rusher. That is impressive on a, an expiring deal. Impressive, that and is he is crazy. Yes, he is great. Like he's good. like people were. So, oh, he's he's been years, motherfuckers. Yeah, he had four and a half sacks for only the first three games, and hasn't done much since. Like. Numbers wise, well, guess what? They're, he's being doubled and triple teamed every play because uh, Bradley Chubb got hurt and they don't have to worry about anybody else. Well, guess what? Being we'll see how he teamed, does with the Rams, dude. Exactly, and being double teamed though, up into the until this last week when he didn't play, he was still top five in pressures in the NFL. Uh-huh. Give me a break with the washed shit. The he's dude an animal. Can, yeah, can still play and he'll still be able to play for a couple years at least. Oh, he's gonna he's he's gonna go off on the Rams, man. It's not Dude, even. It's gonna gonna, be I'm gonna be watching that awesome Sunday night football game. I'm gonna be watching that game. Yeah, watching Von Miller number forty out there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Texas A&M yeah. number. But, I kind of uh, like that. I I have so I have like a two Von Miller rookie card, actually in a Broncos jersey, wearing the number forty. From oh like, really? From preseason. That's yeah. cool. When it's, we first drafted him. Yeah, first yeah. first rookie preseason. He's wearing number forty. I got a few, cool. yeah, a few of his rookie cards, a couple Chrome ones worth a little bit of money right now. I'm gonna try to save them up, wait for him to get to the Hall yeah. of Fame. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Hold on to those for sure. Yeah, but yeah, and just going back to just George Payton, he has a plan. Everybody, you know, he's not just he's not just doing it to piss off Broncos country. He's not personally attacking you guys, the ones that feel super strongly that are just pissed that we just traded the face of the franchise. Yeah, he was the face of the franchise, but hey man, like this was the right time to do it. We got we got revenue back for it. We got second and third draft picks that could be used towards a franchise elite quarterback in this league. A guy yeah. like Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson's the number one. I think he's the number one target right now, especially if he becomes available. Because he's younger than Aaron Rodgers. Right. But And I would agree with you on that. So, um, yeah, just imagine if, imagine the tone Broncos country would have if George Payton turned around and used those draft picks to acquire somebody like Russell Wilson. Mm-hmm. And then Von Miller's going to, like you said, Von Miller's going to see that Russell Wilson's playing for the Denver Broncos. 
And he's going to be like, yeah, Rams, I really appreciate it. You know, it was a good season. We made a good push. But, you know, hey, I think I'm going to go back to Denver. Yeah, the other thing is hope for a win. Hope for a Super Bowl win for them. Yeah. Because then he'll probably be like, okay, cool. I did my job. I got my ring. Yeah. Like, all baseball fans out there, Araldis Chapman, 2016, was yeah. with the Yankees, got traded to the Cubs, went won a ring, next offseason re-signed with the Yankees. I yeah. mean, that's – football and baseball are two very different sports, NFL and – MLB, but you know that you know nobody. You can't say it won't happen until it doesn't. But speaking of uh, speaking of thinking of the future, are you excited for this week's game? Are you excited to go up against our next head coach? That was that's my question to you. Who Dan Quinn? Dan Quinn, next head coach yeah. of the Denver Broncos. Add that. I mean, that's what I'm thinking is going to take over, man. Dude, I I. I I've seen a lot of reports. I've seen a lot of uh, connections with Dan Quinn. Um, hey, I liked Dan Quinn in Atlanta, you know, and that was his first coaching tenure. And he took the team what to the Super I, what Bowl. What did I say earlier this and year? And it's always the second time around the that they do better. Tenure. And, hey, I'm all about it. I'm all about with, uh, with Benjamin Albright laid out with, you know, Dan Quinn coming in as head coach, Mike Daniels, offensive coordinator. And uh, did he did he lay out a defensive coordinator? I can't remember. No. I don't think no. he did. But, I mean, I'm not worried about that. Dan Quinn is defensive yeah, mastermind. He, but, yeah. um, I mean, look what he's doing with the Dallas Cowboys. Oh, holy shit. So, so, yeah. um, so, check this out to add on to that. So, I have came across this on Twitter, and it was – an article from January 3rd, 2015, posted by Mike Florio of Pro Football Talk. So no, no slap dick by any means, you know, a very well, a very well known media member. You said you know, 2015? Twenty fifth January 3rd, 2015. Okay. Dan Quinn, who was like, that was coming off of him being the defensive coordinator for the Seahawks. Yeah. Boom. Yeah. So one of the hottest coaching ultimately settled on signing or going and working for and head coaching the Atlanta Falcons, as we all know. Yeah. This article that got reposted from the 2015 is saying that Dan Quinn was hoping for George Payton. Then at that time, like we've been talking about for years too, George Payton was one of the top GM candidates for the last half decade. And he was picked and choosing. He wanted to wait for the right opportunity. Luckily, he chose Denver Broncos now. Dan Quinn was hoping for a package deal to go work under George Payton. So he was literally happy if George Payton went and got hired by one of these teams or accepted a GM position on a different team. And that was who he wanted to go coach for. Well, guess who? Yeah, I mean. All right. This is hap. I really, honestly think this is happening. No, yes. I mean after you just said that, yeah, it's a, it's a. I'm like, I was like eighty percent. I'm at like ninety five percent. What mean, else makes a, sense? A Mike Florio article, dude, from back yeah. then. Somebody, somebody retweeted it, and I kind of read it, and I was like, whoa, because they like mentioned a bunch of the teams that were interested in Dan Quinn at the time, and a bunch of te- the teams that were interested in George Payton as GM. And yeah, dude, it's it's like the. I mean. Another, you know, I do this a lot. Another shout out to Ben Albright because the fucking guy knows what he's talking about. He's been saying this for weeks and all this shit starting to come out and it's like, whoa, the dots are connecting, you know? 
That is uh, insane. Uh, you have me looking up Dan Quinn Bronco stuff now. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. I mean, okay. Anyways, yeah. Uh, like I said before, I had a feeling it was going to be Dan Quinn, and that was because of what Benjamin Albright was saying. And, you know, it made a lot of sense. You know, he probably wants another shot at head coaching a team. And, um, man. Coming back and coaching with Russell Wilson, who he knows very well. Another connection. Exactly. People, come, come on. Another connection. Damn. Where did Mike Daniels – where does Mike Daniels play into this? He, I don't know. Mike I, Daniels. I mean, he's the OC for the Niners right now. 49ers. Let's see. So, oh, I mean, maybe he, he probably worked under Shanahan, under Dan Quinn. Let's see, Broncos connection. I got to – does it uh, make sense for the Broncos? Da, 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 da. The, I am in super intrigued in this now. You got the you got the gears going for sure. Yeah, um, dude. Hey, I'll look it up later. But <laughs> um, I think you just laid out the 2022 Broncos coaching staff. I, mean, I think you did. You can see it, dude. It, it, uh, at least it it's makes like the sense. clearest. It, it make it make the most sense as we stand right now. Could there be other things that change? Absolutely. Could Dan Quinn? Could the fucking Cowboys? You know, make a push and win the Super Bowl or whatever. You know, things change. It's we're still not for through the regular season. I get that, but that's at the point we are right now with the Broncos. So it's just fun to talk about. You know, I always talk joke around like my favorite time of the year when it comes to football season is the off season, just because it's all the possibilities and mm-hmm. excitement and all the bullshit that really doesn't never happens. But yeah, yeah dude, it's definitely well, yeah, something the Aaron Rodgers thing last year. <laughs> oh God. I've never had such an emotional roller coaster outside of like, outside of watching like an actual Broncos game. I've never had such an emotional roller coaster in like an hour. It was wild and not much happened, which was the craziest part. Yeah. Remember talking in our old podcast about how just nothing was happening, mm-hmm. and then it was just you know you always had these <laughs> little things that would just keep you in the loop. Yep. So, but write it down, memorize it. Twenty two, twenty twenty two Broncos. Russell Wilson quarterback. Dan Quinn head coach. Mike Daniels offensive coordinator. Von Miller's coming back. <laughs> write it down yeah write it down broncos are getting the infinity stones yep that's all you need and then <laughs> speaking of which pat sertan dude pat pat sertan is insane that kid is special he's like, a dude he's so, not just a guy he's a dude i mean i know i'm just your average guy average broncos fan but like i take very seriously the jerseys that i buy like oh and, me too and like the jerseys i have in my closet are the likes of obviously vaughn uh dt i was a big big dt guy Peyton, atwater champ Bailey, mm-hmm. like legendary yeah. dudes there's only yeah. one time ever that i've bought in a broncos rookie jersey and it was vaughn miller well i'll yeah. be i'll be getting a passer tan jersey this year all like, right that's like, what i love to hear dude every week and i I may have sounded I was against Sertan in the past. It's okay. But, I mean, I never was really against him, just like the situations. 
Well, I mean, the verdict's still out on Justin Fields, Mac Jones, whatever. But, dude, this guy, I mean, he's already he's the special. best. He's already the best corner on the team. Yeah, he, he's oh, just that's oh, the best way to sure. describe him. Is special. Speaking of corners, did you see the news today? Bryce Callahan. No, I didn't. He's going on the short term short term IR. He'll be out for three a minimum three weeks. Oh, I I, I did see he was shaken up after a play during that uh, football yeah. team game. So, okay, so, I didn't. I actually did not hear anything. You know, it probably it probably occurred because Jess and I went and got new phones today. Mm-hmm. And so you know how that process works. They have to oh, transfer God. everything over. I have to re-download everything onto my new phone. Yep. Which, by the way, I installed Anchor FM app on the new phone. I go to – I sign into my account. I use the Apple ID. And I sign in, and nothing pulls up. Oh, God. And I'm like, uh, What? What's going on? So I reverted back. I was looking through, making sure I didn't have another account associated with the Couch Potato Podcast. So I tried again. I do like the little settings things where you get rid of the ID and all that stuff. I go and sign in again. It's not there. So I am actually doing the podcast on my old phone right now because thankfully it's still on this old phone. Dude, that's My account through Anchor is still on this phone. So... I uh, submitted an inquiry to them. We'll see if we hear back from them soon. But um, yeah, that was I uh, <laughs> was pretty stressed out for a second there because we have a lot of content on here, and that'd be a shame to see it. Uh, well, not it wouldn't go away, but just have a different podcast, you know. So, but um, anyways, yeah, it probably happened when I was doing the transfer of phones today, and yeah, I, apparently I missed a lot. You know, we. Uh, Ended up trading away uh, Kerry Vincent Jr. to the Eagles. Dude, you know, and I'm glad you brought that up. Um, um, how like that's another like people I, I think are like underestimating that trade. Thought, uh, we got a sixth rounder for it. George Payton just turned a seventh round pick this year into a sixth round pick next yeah. year. I yeah, mean, I was surprised it's gonna be, when I saw it's that. It's a sixth round pick. Whatever, I get it. It's a late sixth round pick at that, but still, like. The dude makes moves. He's making moves, and it's it's a really good sign for the future. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So he's getting he's just bolstering these draft picks, man. So yeah, uh, and that six rounder might not be a player. Everyone think of it as a trade, a uh, possible trade opportunity. So yeah, people forget that just we got like Jer- a little cherry on top. You know? Yeah, we got Jarrell Casey last year for a seventh rounder, and it didn't pan out, but. Dro- I no, mean, he was mainly, a dude mainly, back in the day. Exactly, and mainly due to injury, like is why yeah. it kind of it didn't pan out last year. But he's a, he's I mean, even up until last year, like he's a dude. Like you said, he's a dude. So I mean, you can't. I mean, they're obviously different picks represent different values, but the more you have, the better it is. And, exactly, and, and it's obvious that George Payton likes having them. Well, now we have twelve draft picks. We had eleven yesterday, and mm-hmm. then. That trade today made a 12. So. Five in the top 100 as it stands right yeah. now. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. It's awesome. So, and so, anyways, yeah. So, lots, I mean, not a crazy amount of stuff happened. You know, Von Miller, obviously, probably being the biggest trade mm-hmm. before the deadline for sure. Yeah. Um, but other than that, you know, everyone was expecting Melvin Gordon. There was a lot of talks with him going to Tennessee and Kyle Fuller. Oh, Kyle Fuller. 
you know, they were really actually pushing the Kyle Fuller trade. I just don't think they had anybody yeah, really sounded, interested. So it sounded like near the end of the like getting closer to the deadline, they were backing off of it a little bit and yeah. were just kind of waiting for the right offer, but also weren't like as actively shopping him as they had in the past. Right. So but that's it. The trade deadline's over. The team you have is the team you have now. Yeah. So I, I got a good one for you too, man. I don't know if you've seen anything of this, oh. but people uh, kind of made too much of a big deal. Did you see the Noah Fant news? Oh yes, and about, about on the Twitter news. I did. Uh, you you tell me your thoughts, and I'll I'll go with mine. So. The first time I had seen it, it was a retweet by somebody, and it showed Noah Fant a picture trade, of yeah. yeah, him liking tweets that said trade Noah Fant. So I was like, all right, first of all, I'm not going to fucking freak out right off the bat like right. every other fan is doing. So I just I followed Noah Fant on Twitter, went to his Twitter account, and I just start scrolling and seeing all the shit he likes. And I knew this from two seconds of scrolling. Okay, he's keeping receipts. Like, because three weeks ago he's liking stuff. Somebody's saying no offense sucks. No offense. Yeah. Can we can we call Noah like Broncos accounts? Like obviously Bronco fan accounts. Can we call Noah fan to bust all this? It's like yeah, he's liking all this. He's keeping receipts. Him talking about being traded. He's keeping receipts. And yeah. then he literally clarified that on he was on one hundred four three the fan today with yeah. uh, Zach and Stokely and said no. I don't want to be traded. Those are just receipts. So for all the fans out there hating on Noah Fant, get the fuck out of here. Because it was so much Noah Fant hate. And hey, I love Albert O too, but they're not in the same galaxy. Give, give me a goddamn break. Give me a break with all this. So I, I share the same thoughts with you. And uh, a buddy of mine actually messaged me today about it. And he was saying, fuck Noah Fant. Like he's not as good as George Kittle. And I was like, well, okay. no, he's not as good as George Kittle. George Kittle's yeah, okay. a, a proven all-pro guy. <laughs> okay, yeah. Can he get there? Yes, obviously. But Jesus Christ. But, but the point that I was alluding to with uh, my friend was that, hey, I understand your frustration. I understand that he has not been proficient in the blocking game. I understand that he can get better at that. What does he have, eight holding calls this year so far? I yeah. get that. But you know what? There is an underlying factor with all of this, and it's the goddamn coaching staff. It's the, it's the lack of motivation that is instilled in these players. It's the lack of give a shit. You saw it with that Raiders game. Nobody gave a fuck about that Raiders mm-hmm. game. It just didn't seem like nobody cared. And we're enshrining Mike Shanahan. That should have been motivation. You know, all this stuff. And it's just, it's the Raiders. And you guys went out there. You didn't give a fuck. You know, it just, it just, it's a, it's a lack of coaching and it's a hundred percent been the problem, you know, also the ownership problem, but it's been a problem for this team since the beginning. And think about it like this. If you were a player and I believe Noah Fant has shown that he puts a letter, a lot of effort on the field and that he, when he's given chances to make plays, he makes plays. You know, he's a damn good hard worker, and he leaves it out there on the field. Yeah. But imagine doing that over and over and over and over and over and over again to never be thrown the ball. And, and yes, that- go ahead and look up the targets. Noah Fan is the sixth most targeted football tight end in the NFL right now. However, 
those targets are third and long plays where they throw it to him short and he has no chance of making play. Yeah, how it's would just you the feel, stupidest right. goddamn play call yeah. that we ever do. And we do it more often than we than not. So yeah, sure. I'm sure he's no the is, sixth. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he's sure. sick of running stick routes, dude. Exactly. He's sick of running these short little shallow routes. These coaches that they just don't know how to utilize Noah Fant or they don't care. And it's weighing on him. He is getting frustrated just as much as you Broncos fans are. And it's not a Noah Fant problem. It's not. Noah Fant no. is a elite tight end. He has potential to be an elite tight end. We've seen it. We've, we've seen flashes and games in the past. He just he hasn't had the opportunities. And let's talk about Kittle, Kelsey, and Waller. Those three tight ends were on prolific offenses at one point in their career. When has Noah Fant ever been on a prolific offense? Right. And even – let's take a look at Kelsey this year. How well is he doing this year? He's sucking ass Kansas... finally. Exactly. Because the team is shit. That's what happens. A tight end isn't a difference maker for a team. It's, it's just not. So it doesn't matter what if you're on a, if you're on a bad team and you're a great tight end, you're not going to stand out. It's not going to happen. And the problems that Kansas City are having, Kelsey is having a shit year. Mm-hmm. Kittle has had a shitty couple of years. Mainly due to injuries with Kittle, though. Mainly due to injuries. and But stuff like that. But it just hasn't been as good as we I do saw have... the Super Bowl year. And then right. Waller, he's doing well because the Raiders offense is doing well. Yeah. I do have That's one why. gripe with Noah Fant. One thing that Obviously, I'm a big Noah Fant guy. Love Noah. One thing is like pissing me off watching him play. Please, Noah, please stop going down on the first contact. You are six fucking five, six, four, six, five, (laughs) 260. Run somebody over or run around them. Like the last two games, like I've noticed a lot, like, why are you being tackled right there? Like, and I get like, and you know, we've I said this last pod, like, yeah, if you want, if you're it's third and seven, Noah Fant and Teddy Brid- Teddy Bridgewater's gonna throw it to Noah Fant four yards out and he'll get you an extra two yards and be down fourth and one. Give give me the extra yard. Like that's the one thing that's bugging me about Noah Fant. And I'm, it's not a big deal, like I don't think it's like anything to be concerned about because I mean, you've seen it happen in the past. I mean, think of him during the Texans game during Drew Locke's big game a few uh, two years ago. Yeah, you remember that big play? He's you know running guys over that same season with the Brown or two se- the season before that with the Browns his rookie season. Remember that giant like seventy plus yard touchdown he had when he mm-hmm. stiff. You know he it's in him, so I don't think it's a concern. But like that's this season like so far like I've n- noticed that a lot. Like and he's like going down easy too. It's not like he's getting like oh that was a good tackle like. He's just getting touched and going down. So that's the only thing I've seen on Noah that's like kind of pissed me off. But please, people, stop with the Alberto shit. Alberto is better than Noah Fant. He's getting opportunities down the field. Yes. That's the difference. And he's he's running seam problem. routes. Exactly. Yes. It's, it's not a Noah Fant problem. And I don't know what it is with this coaching staff and Noah Fant and, you know, 
players like Javante Williams too. Although Gordon did play well last game, I'll give him that. But um, it's just they just are so set in their ways, this coaching staff, that they refuse to adapt and change. They are just so damn stubborn and set in their ways that, oh, like we said in the last podcast, oh, you media guys have no idea what you're talking about, blah, blah, blah. Like we've been in the NFL. Like we know what the game plan is, all this shit. Mm -hmm. And that's what it is. It's just – and I think that wears on player that wears on players like uh, Noah Fant. You know, he's just yeah. how does it feel just to put to give it your best effort every game, your hard work, just to not feel valued by your own coaching staff because they never fucking give you the football in opportunity opportune moments. They never put the trust in Noah Fant to deliver in you know good parts of the game. So um, that's my thing and. I 100% never, ever thought that him liking trade things was ever because he wanted to be traded. And I was listening to Altitude today, and one guy on there was kind of going off about it, saying, you know what, Noah Fan, if you don't want to be here, then don't be here. You know, I'm just like, chill out. And that's the people that don't – those are professionals that are literally doing this for a living while you and I work full-time jobs and I do this know, for right. fun, and we can fucking look and see. Yes. We can look and figure it out. Like it literally took like, oh, that's interesting. Let me check the rest of his Twitter. Yep, right. he does this every week, and it's not just. It's just like, dude. That's yes, ridiculous. exactly. So, yeah, it, it just took one person to like bring it to light and just say, oh, did you see Noah Fant like this trade? You know, and then, mm-hmm. then nobody did what you did and did their due diligence. You know. And looked into it on the Twitter feed and, you know, and I, I, I kind of, you know, I didn't go searching or anything like that. But I, as soon as I saw that, man, I'm like, oh, it's definitely for motivation. Yep. Like, why would Vaughn, why would Vaughn, I mean, why would Noah Fant want to be traded? Exactly. Like, I understand the coaching staff is bad, but he knows that they're not going to be here next year. He knows yep. that he might be working with a franchise quarterback next year. You know, like. Could you imagine Russell Wilson and Noah Fant? Like, you know, like, that's a big possibility, folks. That could really happen. Mm -hmm. And that's his chance to become part of the elite crew, the tight end. So he doesn't want to leave. He's just just making mental notes. That's all he's trying to do. It's kind of like what Baker Mayfield did before he – coming out of the draft. You know, he would would, uh, basically save all the tweets that people were doubting him and Oh, uh, Braves won the World Series, by the way. Yep, it's on my TV right now. Yep, sweet. Good for the Braves, man. Yeah. Um, Anyways, yeah, it was uh, was just my motivation. That's pretty much that all is. That's that's it. (laughs) So (laughs) I had to beat that dead horse to death. So, Um, Mm -hmm. all right. So I forgot we play a game on Sunday. Yeah, <laughs> and guess who we play against? A very, very, very good Cowboys team. Yeah, who in Dallas. Probably they're probably going to have Dak Prescott back this game too. Yeah, so, um, against a really good defense. Apparently, Trayvon Diggs. Um, hmm. Yep, and Passer. We don't have three Passer Tans, so exactly. So. Oh, and guess what? We struggle with covering tight ends. Oh, even though, real quick. Speaking of covering tight ends, dude, how good did Kenny Young look on Sunday? Oh, my gosh. Kenny Young looked awesome. 
I thought he was, and then Weatherly too. Weatherly, the goggles, yeah. Mister Goggles, man. Yeah, I saw he that. Was I was like, awesome. "What the hell is that?" But yeah, they both played. I just like Kenny Young was like, "I have not seen that kind of athleticism out of a Broncos middle linebacker, an interior linebacker, literally since he Trevathan, was awesome since Danny Trevathan, dude. Like that was literally the last time you saw that athletic of a middle linebacker. He looked I good, mean, dude." It looked great, and I remember texting you during the game. I was just like, damn, Kenny Young's looking pretty good. He's blowing up plays in the – you know, he blew up one of the plays, one of the run plays, and I think that's when I texted you. He clipped the uh, Gibson's ankle. You know, yeah. he knew he knew exactly where the play was going, and he just blew it up. It was mm-hmm. awesome. So, I, I mean, keep him. Keep him around. Yeah, try Kenny to Young, do what baby. you can. Do what you can to talk him into staying. He's young yeah. too. He's a young. He's on a rookie deal right now. He's last year of rookie deal, and yeah, do what you can to keep him around. He looks good, man. Might have just solved their linebacker problem. <laughs> Thanks, George. I know, right? <laughs> and then, you've been you've been here a year. He's been here a year. His restructure, re-signed Simmons, Shelby, went and got us a a, a fucking franchise cornerback. Went and traded us, traded for a stud middle line, athletic middle linebacker, you know. And then on top of all the shit he's going to do this year, this coming year. Speaking of Shelby Harris, what the hell, man? Those block field goals? God damn. I'll give him, was, I'll, I'll give him credit Jones. for one. Yeah. It was Draymond Joe's for the other one. Yeah. Oh, no. Actually, then I'm not giving Shelby credit for that. I mean, well, he gets, Shelby he gets got it in the one. stat. You're right. He gets it in the stat. But that was one of the worst kicks I've ever seen. I don't think if Shelby did it. not wrist, if, if Shelby did not raise his arm up, it still would have hit him in the shoulder pads. Yeah, he said it hit him in the armpit on altitude today. Exactly, <laughs> it was it was that bad. Um, yeah, it's still love funny me some Shelby. That kicker's name? Did you catch that? His name was Blewett. Dude, I did not catch that because he definitely yep. he definitely blew it though. He definitely blew it. <laughs> <laughs> his last name Blewett B L E W I. That's awesome. Yep. ITT, I think. So I was laughing at that during the game. So, yeah, I mean, I I, I, I liked what we've seen with our players. The players that haven't been the issue this year, man. You got we have talent. It's just, there's no denying. We have denying. a ton of talent, and um, I know Von Miller sees it too when he yeah. left, and you know he he just you know. He's going to go dude? play for a more talented football team next year or this year. But how about this? Um, Let me ask you a question real quick. What? Well, because we're talking about talent, you know, and players and all this. If I told you, I'm just going to throw this out there. So, how would you feel if a Broncos quarterback, this was their stat line on the season, over 4,000 yards passing? 28 touchdown passes to only 11 interceptions with a completion percentage of 70%. Would you be okay with that? Would you like be excited about that? Yeah, I'm trying to think of the player you're talking about. You don't have to think too hard. That's it's not Teddy. That's literally what Teddy Bridgewater is on pace. Oh, okay. Say. I was going to say, is it Teddy? Okay. Yeah. He, yeah, I, I mean, th- I'd be fine with that. And that's just shows nothing against Teddy. And I mean, it's I mean a lot of it's the coaching staff, yes, but I I, I mean in the article I wrote for Couch Potato, got on here, 
Yeah. Nothing against Teddy, but if Teddy wins the job, you're going to be looking at somebody new next year. And he's not going to yeah. be the reason you lose, but he's not going to help you win. Yeah. Those are good numbers, dude. And he is having the best season by a Broncos quarterback since Peyton. Yeah. Since Peyton retired, he is having, and it's not even close, like the passer ratings, his passer rating is on pace to be over 100, 100.6. Well, he's and having a better season than Peyton did his last year. He's Here. literally, Teddy, <laughs> dude, Teddy is, in his career, he has the best completion percentage, the best yards per game passing, best yards per attempt, best touchdowns per game, and the best pass rating he's had in his career. In his career. Yeah. He was a playoff quarterback. You know, it's not Teddy's fault, dude. No. But it's also, he's not, he's also not helping. You know, he's not also not the reason that he's not going to be the guy that takes us to the next level. And we've had this conversation. I don't want to beat a dead horse, but like yeah. people that want to hate on Teddy, it's not him. There's a lot more wrong right now. A quarterback and a head coach would solve it, I believe. But a lot of it, a lot of this has to do with the coaching staff. Yeah. Shermer, and, Shermer, Shermer is inept, too, yeah. dude. Shermer is inept, man. Uh, Pat Shermer is an absolute moron. And him and Tom McMahon should just go fuck off together. So straight up. <laughs> I mean, Vic Fangio too. Uh, but I definitely have some strong feelings towards Pat Shermer. So yeah, how about Fangio throwing everybody under the bus again directly I after know. the game? Yeah, that was just, horrible. Just piece yeah, of they, shit. Yeah, yeah, Teddy. We Teddy. I, he literally said, "Oh, we, we you know we would like Teddy to kind of run there and slide." You know, just yeah, he's back at it. He's he f- obviously feels backed into a corner. Mm-hmm. He obviously realizes his job is not safe and it's going to be gone, and he's yeah. just trying to like it's not me. It's almost like he's prepared. Like he's almost like he's like trying to show like future teams like, hey, I could still be a DC somewhere. Right. So they're done. I mean, let's just call it and say it how it is. They're done. They're not. They're not going to be coaching yeah. here next and, year. And the more so. I thought about it, the more I've thought about it. I don't want them to f- get fired. And Shermer, I wouldn't mind him getting fired. I don't want Fangio to get fired in season. Because that's, like, literally the worst thing that could happen for, like, the team, I would say. Like, that pretty much shows, like, this is a wasted year. Yeah. Could I, would I, could I see it, like, week 15, 16? Maybe. But, like, you do it week seven, like, you know, people were wanting it done after the Browns game. It's like – you do it after week seven. It's like your your GM is literally saying the rest of the year is nothing. It's we're, we're doing it. It means nothing. Right. So I can I can I don't I don't want them to tr- to fire him yet. I want him to fire in season. He'll be one of the Black Monday guys. You know that first yeah. Monday after the, after football season where he gets canned and yeah, make way for Dan Quinn. That's what I'm talking about. You got me in the Dan Quinn train even more. So, um, yeah, it's I'm on the same page with you for sure. So, what do you think? Uh, should we just do a quick score prediction for the Cowboys and then get into Bond Miller? <laughs> I, I I think I'd be fine with that. <laughs> I didn't really I haven't really thought about it, but. Yeah, yeah, I think I can think. I can think. I could. I mean, I actually did think about well, it. Today drum- is Tuesday. No, that, never mind. Let's let's hold okay. that off, and we can yeah. do another pod. Yeah, yeah, we'll get another pod. Um, 
Yeah, exactly. So we'll talk about the Cowboys later on. For okay. some reason, I thought it was Thursday. My days are all messed up. God, right I now. wish. You know, so you just got back I from just... a nice little vacation, and you're... Yeah, 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 yeah. I think I'm still in vacation mode, so I think that's <laughs> why my days are all messed up right now. So makes sense. Um, okay, let's get into Von Miller. So yeah, dude. Let's Von end this Miller. on a high note. Yes, Von Miller, number fifty-eight, the monster, the quarterback worst nightmare. What? This is going to be a tough one. If Super Bowl 50, any of those plays could not be your favorite play that you've ever seen from Vaughn Miller, what would be your favorite play from Vaughn Miller? All right, dude. So I thought about this because I knew we were going to talk about Vaughn. Like we mm-hmm. we texted about. And I knew yeah. you were going to tell me. Tell me either like, you know, give me your best, your favorite Vaughn moment. And I knew you were going to say, can't be Super Bowl 50, which I wouldn't have chosen anyways because that's cheating. Yeah, exactly. But like the first few, like a few things come to mind. Like, and this might kind of be messed up, but it's not even like him, like literally playing. Like the things that come to mind when I think of Vaughn, like my favorite Vaughn moments were the time he. We were playing the Chargers. It was only a few years ago. And he grabbed Phillip Rivers, his collar, and would not let him go after the play. Do you remember that? Oh, yeah, I do. And he literally held him and just, like, stared at him, like, after the play. And Phil's trying to, like, push him off. That always stands out as, like, one of my favorite Vaughn moments. Because, I mean, I have a lot of respect for Phillip Rivers now that he's retired. But at the time, God, I hated Phillip Rivers, as every Broncos fan does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that... um. Another one, his rookie year, when we got our asses blown out in the playoffs with Tim Tebow in, in Foxborough. Do you remember, like, way late in the game, it was over, and Vaughn just runs down, and I don't, he just, like, I don't remember the, the player on the Patriots, but he just, like, absolutely blindsides, like, blindsides this, like – Brady. Not Brady. It was just like an like an offensive lineman or something. Like it was a big play by them, and it was just like he was a young rookie Vaughn, just like obviously showing frustration, and he just like blew this dude up and got penalized for it. A big skirmish started afterwards, but that always stands out to me too. But I think my favorite Vaughn play, like actual football related play, was his interception of Tom Brady in the AFC Championship game. That was awesome. I love uh, that. I didn't one. even think about that. How did yeah. I not think about that one? Because it was like that, like, because obviously you think of Vaughn, you think of the sacks and right. the way he bends the edge and all this, just the special stuff he did brushing yeah. the passer. And that, like, showed, like, that was one of those moments that when he made that play, it was almost like, we're going to win this game and we're probably going to win the Super Bowl. Like, it was just like, a moment that to me like said like this is something special he's obviously a special player but this is a special season and he's literally in coverage against rob gronkowski the best tight end of all time and he Mm -hmm. and he intercepts the best quarterback of all time it was like one of those moments that like i really wish his ass stayed on his feet because he probably was taking it back for a touchdown it's crazy there was uh (laughs) three greats in that play von miller gronkowski tom brady yeah and Tom Von Briller came out on top. So. Yeah, dude, that's like that's probably that play is probably my favorite play. 
yeah, that's like the th- one that really stands out when it comes like actual football plays. That's like my favorite Vaughn play, dude. Obviously, outside of all the Super Bowl Fifty stuff. Right, right. So it's your second favorite. So I should have said that. Everyone's favorite is the Super Bowl Fifty Vaughn. Let's be real. Yeah. That was yeah. absolutely just edge rusher artwork masterpiece. There's yeah. nothing in this NFL edge game that could top that ever. No, no. That was beautifully done. It was absolutely – he just went God mode that entire yeah. game. That's what happened. He took he, – he took – that was just the prime Von Miller right there. Yeah. In Super Bowl 50. And he played like it. And he got a Super Bowl MVP out of it as an edge rusher. Yep. He won yeah, us that a, game. That's a quarterback award. And exactly. He, yeah, and, and that was one of my favorite moments about that the Super Bowl 50 run is um, when he was the, he's mic'd up for the game. Or it, it, he, he might not have been mic'd up, but it was like right before the game started, the players are warming up and everything, and he's standing next to a ref, and he's talking to the refs, you know, saying how you're doing and all that. And he tells the ref, hey, if I'm not getting sacks today, they're holding me. <laughs> yeah. And the ref like looks around. He's like, I have not heard that before. He's like, if I'm not getting sacks today, they're holding me. It was like <laughs> that was his mindset yeah. immediately. And then even at, you know, in the in the um NFL network special that they do for every Super Bowl team, America's game, you know, I've watched that God do- a dozen times. Mm-hmm. Um he says, like, he makes it a point when they're talking to Vaughn. He said, you know, I'm going up against Cam Newton. He was the first pick in the, the draft, the year I was drafted. I was the second pick. And I just kept thinking, I'm not going to be second to you this time. I'm not going to be behind you this game. Like, I'm going to be number one in this game. And he went out and did it. Like, it was one of the best Super Bowl performances of all time. And, I mean, as Vaughn said, as he was literally leaving Dove Valley yesterday. We'll always have Super Bowl 50. Yep. And we will. And we'll never forget the the moments we felt out of that game specifically. And I, I can't – I remember watching that Super Bowl. And, uh, and I – believe it or not, I tried really hard to slow down my drinking consumption. Um, <laughs> Shoot. Because <laughs> I wanted to enjoy the whole thing. And I don't remember a point in that game where I felt nervous. I don't Dude, right, right. I don't remember a point in that game where I felt nervous because during that whole playoff run, that whole playoff run, I was extremely nervous. Oh, really? What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> that it was Chiefs just one of those... game. So we won off of a fumble by Jamal Charles, and then yeah, I'm just saying, just the playoff run is like the actual like uh, the Steelers Patriots oh, the Steelers game that was close. The Patriots game, I was but a it was nervous almost like... wreck. I get I that, but it was wreck. almost like you're right. I, I get what you're saying. I get what yeah. you're saying exactly, and I'm going to tell you why. Because at that time, because I I don't do it anymore. What well, I haven't in like this last year, but I used to play like competitive flag football. Uh-huh. And at that the time during the Broncos playoff run, I had actually like thought I tore my ACL. Oh jeez! And it was just like a sprained. IT band and my, it was like pretty fucked up but anyways I was on crutches so I couldn't I was on light duty at work so I actually sat up at City Hall and just like did like computer stuff for like literally that entire playoff run uh-huh. so like literally every day I just sat in a cubicle listening to sports radio like just like literally every day of that entire playoff run 
And I remember like leading up for the Steelers game, leading up to the Pages game, like I'm thinking like, oh, I'm like trying to like talk myself into ways how we could win this game. But literally leading up to the Panthers game and obviously the Super Bowl, I get what you're saying. Like you like didn't feel those nerves. Like it was almost like we shouldn't have been there based on what we'd went through that season. Yeah. So it's like, we we're, we already like won, you know, we like already are, we're already, you know, at to, at a point where it's like, we shouldn't be here. We're going to celebrate it anyways. And it was, yeah, there was just no nervousness to it. I, 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 I could hundred percent see what you're saying. Well, here's the way I viewed it. So, and I'll start from the beginning. So obviously we were the first seed that year. So we had the first round by, so we played, was it the Chiefs first or the Steelers? In the second? playoffs, so we, so since we had the first round by, we only had to play two games to get to the Super Bowl. So and that so was the Steelers. Steelers and Patriots. So, yeah. so that Chiefs game was that was the last. That was, that was well, why was that was that game so important? So which see which for which Chiefs game? The first one of the season or the second one? I think it was the second one because so the second one was the because the first Tegan one got we benched. got blown out. No, the first one he got benched. He, no, remember? he got benched in the second one. Was it? Because the first one, I remember specifically because I remember Peyton threw a – in the first one, he threw a pick six to Marcus Peters. And uh, the first one was a Sunday night game. And it was either Sunday night – no. It might have been Monday night game. It was a primetime game, and that was the one that um, Bradley Roby picked up the fumble – I think Brandon Marshall caused the fumble. He he caused uh, Jamal, Jamal Charles, Charles the fumble, yeah. and Bradley Roby ran it in for a touchdown. We should not have won that game, but you know the ball bounced our way that year. But the second game against the Chiefs that year was when uh, Peyton got benched. He he literally so, threw four uh, interceptions and also in the same game like set the all-time passing yards record. And I remember they like paused it and he was already like two interceptions in and we were getting blown out and they like stopped the game and like did a little thing for him. And he, you could see in his face, he was like fucking pissed off that they had to do that because they were having a bad game. Yeah. That was the second game, dude. Okay. That was the second game. Cause we lost 29 to 13. Okay. Yeah. You're right. Sorry. I was remembering it wrong. And for some reason I thought we played the Vikings first that season. We played the Ravens first. So, um, yeah, you're right. So yep, ended with a Darian Stewart interception in the end zone off of Joe Flacco. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So, okay, so let's go back. Now that I have the schedule up, I can <laughs> easily look at it. So <laughs> instead of trying to remember with apparently my old brain. So what a fun um, season, dude. It was a fun season. It was a, it was a pretty stressful season for sure. Yeah. I actually ended up going to that Broncos Bengals. I was so I was still in the military during that game station in North Carolina. Oh, wow. And uh, I came home uh, during Christmas and was able to watch the Monday night game against the Bengals, which was really fun. Super cold. That game was freezing. Yep. Freezing cold, but it was awesome. Had my face painted, everything. So I was super at, happy to be back in back out in town for yeah, that game. So that's awesome. I was at the uh, Patriots Broncos game Sunday night football when we walked oh, CJ Anderson. CJ Anderson. I, so funny story with that is that uh, so obviously in the military you have a melting pot of people you right. know from all different areas and uh, had a guy that was from Boston he's huge huge Patriots fan I actually used to go to his house 
you know, pretty much every Sunday because he's the type of guy that oh, would man. have seven or eight TVs up with Sunday ticket going. So I'd go over there and I'd catch the Broncos game and, you know, have a couple beers and hang out and just, just be guys kind of deal. So, and he had a bunch of other friends that were different fans of different teams kind of thing. So it was, it was awesome. It was a good time. Yeah, so, but that Sunday night game, I went with my old neighbor who was also a Patriots fan. I went to my buddy, his name was Brian, the huge Patriots fan. And it was me. We were the only three watching that game and he had it on his big screen and that whole, that whole game, like it seemed like the Broncos like were, cause that first half, if you remember, was actually pretty, the Patriots were leading that game. I think oh, they I went remember. up 21 zero or something like that. It was that. Like, I don't think score? it was that bad. I don't think it was that bad, but what they was were definitely it? up. Yeah. They were up like 17 or something crazy. So yeah. And then when CJ Anderson ran that football in, uh, I'll never forget. Dude. I'll never forget that feeling. No, so, I was. So like I said, I was at the game, uh, a good buddy of mine, Jared, like, I remember it was on Thanksgiving. He texted me, like, he sent me a picture of the tickets. And, like, he just oh. sent me the picture, and I was like, what's this? He's like, dude, you and me are going. I was like, shut the fuck up. Like, no way. He's like, yeah. He's like, we're going next week. You, I'm, I'm taking you. I was like, hell yeah. Oh, so, man. And a that good buddy, awesome. another, uh, another couple good buddies, another good buddy of mine, uh, excuse me, <clears throat> he has, his parents have two sets of season tickets, so he and one of our other good buddies went to the game also, but they sat on the other side of the stadium. But beforehand, like we met up, rode down to the game together, went to, I don't remember the restaurant, but it's a little Mexican restaurant, just North. Went and had these big ass margaritas and warmed up for the game on the way, on the walk to the game. It was obviously. And yeah, we actually sit, I sat next to, a group of Patriots fans oh, and nice. it was dude. I mean, obviously alcohol was involved, <laughs> Yeah, like, you know? And, um, I sat next to a, an older gentleman and his wife and his daughter who was still like, I mean, at the time I was 21 at the time and this, and she was probably in her late twenties, early thirties, this girl. And she, at first they, they were pretty cool, dude. You know, they were shit talking and I was shit talking. It was all fun yeah. and games and stuff. But as that game started ramping up and the Bronx closer and start, I mean, you, you know how it is in mile high when the Broncos yeah. are playing, especially when they're good like that. Yeah. It started getting worse and worse. And she starts, chir- I mean, they start chirping at me a little bit. So I chirp back and, you know, it just was crazy. And then when CJ Anderson walked it off, and I actually have video on my phone, like of me and my buddy Jared, like minds. And I don't have this on video, but as I'm, I'm like, because we were pretty close, like we were like 15 rows up on the south in the south stands, like the southeast yeah. stands. As CJ Anderson walks it off, around and we're like pumping up the crowd, yelling and stuff. The older lady of the group of Patriots fans that were there sitting next to us. I was like, you know, walking out of their seats behind me. She starts elbowing me in the back, like as hard as she can. Oh my gosh. And, and my reaction, I turn around and just start like cheering, like laughing in her face. Like, yeah, 
bro like it was hilarious like i had i had bugged these people that much throughout the game like it was just like back and forth all game and they they i mean they had all their shit to talk when the broncos were down and we walked it off and I didn't even look at them. We, me and my buddy are celebrating, and she starts walking by, just elbowing the shit out of me. Oh it was my gosh! Like, uh, that's crazy, dude. It was absolutely ridiculous. Crazy. Well, thankfully, the two Patriots fans that I was playing with were—they're like, okay, yeah, that was a good win. They were pretty cool about <laughs> it. And that—I mean, geez, Brian is probably the biggest Patriots fan I've ever known in my life. So, um, yeah, so. That was a fun game. So that's another Vaughn plays too. To circle back to Vaughn, I actually have a picture of his sack against Brady uh, late in the game against, and the picture. And I remember seeing it in person, and he's like almost like laying over top of him, and like as he's oh, looking up yeah. at the crowd. And like I have off of him. Yeah. Yep. And I have that picture. Uh, my wife actually got it for me, like just. It's not signed or anything, but it's like one of my favorite things I have in my collection. Just him just laying on top of Brady, like looking up at the crowd. I know exactly what you're talking about. I remember that. Yep. Okay, so reliving that playoff series. So, <clears throat> yeah, like I said, that Steelers game, uh, funny story. I was actually in a class, uh, just a school that we had that we had to attend. Mm-hmm. And, uh, Really big Steelers fan was in that class, and that whole that whole week leading up to the game, he was had nothing but shit to talk. That was all he said. He's like, "Oh yeah, Big Ben's about ready to fucking put Von Miller in his place." Mm-hmm. You know, your guys' defense ain't shit. Peyton Manning <laughs> is washed up. Yada yada yada. I was like, the only thing I said was like, "Yeah, we'll see. We'll see how the game plays out." And I kept a cool head, you know. I was just like, I don't know, man. Like, you know, this defense is pretty damn good. And I knew how great this defense was at that time. So, and it was a no better feeling coming into work that Monday and seeing him and saying, hey, how about those Steelers? <laughs> yep. But that game was very, very scary. And earlier that season actually is when Antonio Brown – is that the same year Antonio Brown just went lights out against us? Was that the yeah. same year? Yep. Yeah. Where he just absolutely decimated our our team. So Yeah, be, exactly. I remember I remember that game specifically too because I remember like, oh, Chris Harris is going to shut him down. And then Keep Sleeble shut down Martavis Bryant like no problem. Yeah. And then they torched us. And Antonio yeah. Brown especially torched us. Yeah. So there was a lot of nerves leading up to that game for me for sure. And we pulled it out. So um, – and then that Patriots game, the the rematch. So, the I guess I'll never forget the moment. You know, they scored late in the game, and it was eighteen twenty, and they go for that two point conversion, and they throw it up to Gronk. Remember that? Oh God! Brady throws it up to Gronk, and Talib basically shuts it down. I literally took my hat off in Brian's house because we were watching the game together again. And chucked it across the room and just started screaming. I was like, we're going to the Super Bowl. We're going to the Super Bowl. Just screaming. And, and Roby picked it off, yep. Yeah. I was screaming. I That's was, awesome. The excitement from that game. And then obviously the pick six. 
or not the pick six, the pick from Vaughn that you were talking about earlier was, you know, obviously a highlight from that game and stuff. And well, you something yeah, funny man. about that game, that exact play you're talking about, the Bradley Roby intercept. Yeah, I was like, and I, I guess I need to like back up, backpedal a little bit because I guess I was a pretty nervous wreck for a little bit of that because I, I was watching the game with all my buddies. Um. I remember the interception and Bradley Roby at the end of it fumbles the ball and the Patriots and I, they needed the two point conversion to tie the game. Right. So just me not thinking and me being in my head, I literally thought the, the Patriots were only down two. Roby intercepted it, but then fumbled and the Patriots got it back like the 20 yard line. And I was like immediately like furious, like, a field goal last second when the fucking I was like pissed off and my book mad about it. I was like about to kick a fucking field goal and win the game. They got you know one of the best kickers in the game. He's like, dude, that was an extra point try. He's like, holy shit, we're going to Super Bowl. Like, it was just like emotions were crazy. Yeah, that was a that was quite an emotional game for sure. And yeah, I actually had a I had a buddy that went to that game. Uh, wow! And he told me that is the loudest he's ever heard "Mile High" in his entire life. Um, and then, like I mentioned before, I was stationed in North Carolina, and <laughs> that was obviously enemy territory for me. So, yeah, um, I actually had a uh, a master sergeant that I worked with. He was a huge, huge Panthers fan. Grew up in North Carolina. North Carolina boy. And uh, I remember walking into work that Monday after we had just won, and obviously the Panthers, the, they dismantled the Packers, didn't they, to make it to the Super Bowl? They dismantled the Packers the Cardinals. first and then the Cardinals in the yeah. AFC cha- NFC Championship yeah. game. So they dismantled the Cardinals. So, um, yeah, I walked in. I walked into my little office area that I had. And there was a Panthers jersey laying on the chair. I was like, oh, here we go. Here we go. <laughs> and uh, I, I bring the Panthers jersey back to his office. I'm like, hey, Matt uh, I think you left your trash over by my desk. <laughs> <laughs> and he's just like, oh, really? I was like, yeah. He's like, this is the time. The time has come. Like, we haven't seen each other all year. And, you know, the Panthers have been the big hype. You know, the Panthers were certainly the favorites, for sure. Did, dude, did that not feel like the 2013 Super Bowl also? Like, it was like <sighs> the hot – like, but, like, to me, it was like the hot offense. Like, they're going to just – I mean, everybody thought the Broncos were going to win the, the Seahawks. It was like yeah. he was on this other level. Like, he ain't losing. He's been – he's not losing. And that's how I felt like the Panthers were coming in. Like they're they're literally unstoppable. Cam Newton's the MVP, like the perfect quarterback right now in the NFL. Can run, pass, he's unstoppable. But these great defenses just absolutely took it home and like just shut him down. Like it was almost like obviously I was not okay with the Broncos Seahawks Super Bowl, but almost like obviously winning that Super Bowl fifty was like, okay. Yeah. We're better now. Well, well, that was the thing for me too. Is that when because uh, I I worked with a few Pan- Panthers fans 
and that were from North Carolina, specifically the Charlotte area. And, you know, they were just like, oh, you ready? Cam Newton's about ready to destroy your defense and stuff like that. And I was like, hey, I was like, I don't know if you remember, but defense wins championships. So we'll see. We'll see how this game goes. And they're like, okay, yeah, we'll see. And, uh, you know, my brother-in-law, Jordan, he was stationed in Virginia. And that's all he heard, too. He heard the Panthers are about ready to beat up on the Broncos, Panthers, Super Bowl 50 champions, all this shit. And he was saying the same thing. You know, he's just like, oh, we'll see. And then another thing that was like that gave me a lot of confidence for this game, for that game, was uh, when they decided to wear white. When they Dude, decided to wear white. And 100%. I was like, 100%. Yes. When they decided I'm, to wear I'm white, I'm like, white oh, in the game Super Bowl over. train. And I was like, this game is over. They wore white. Yeah. I know it's a silly superstitious, but. Hey. Yeah. I mean, look yeah. at the numbers on that stat. Exactly. Look, at the, look yeah. at the statistics on that little jersey color. Ridiculous. It's like a Thursday night football stat. It's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> Speaking of which, uh, Side note, Raiders released Henry Ruggs. They released him? They just released him, yeah. Oh. Yeah, that's a that's a big uh, shitstorm for sure, so. Wow. Um, anyways, uh yeah, leading up that game, I remember we did a we did this huge, you know, we, you do a lot of stupid shit while you're in the military, man. And uh we did this huge stupid division walk across town where we basically took the entire division of Marines and sailors. And, uh, we just walked around Jacksonville, North Carolina. That was the town that was, that held Camp Lejeune. And, uh, we were just walking and I'll never forget the amount of let's go Panthers stuff like woohoo Panthers in the Super Bowl stuff like that. And I remember walking down the street and I broke bearing just this one time. And I walked past this Panthers fan. I was like, hey, we'll see how the game goes. We'll see how the game goes. He's like, oh, are you a Broncos fan? I was like, I sure am. I'm from Colorado, too. And he's like, he's like, yeah. He's like, I think you guys are about ready to get your shit pushed in. I was like, okay. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. We're fixing so, to find out. Yeah, we're fixing Words to of find Gary out. Words of Gary Kubiak. Sure. We're fixing exactly. to find out. <laughs> um, then, yeah, I, had a, I actually hosted a big Super Bowl party for that. You know, I had my superstitious spot on the recliner. You know, I actually had a buddy. He had a a little girl. Her name was Libby. And uh, she was playing on the chair and the game hadn't started yet. I was like, okay, okay. But as soon as the game started, I was like, okay, Libby, like I got to sit there. And I picked her up and sat her on my lap. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) I picked her up, sat her on my lap. I was like, yeah, let's go Broncos. Like they're Cowboys fans because they're from Texas. And I had her saying, let's go Broncos and stuff like that. (laughs) So, yeah, I had a ton of friends over. And they were all, while I was sitting there pretty engaged in the game, they were all taking shots, getting pretty shwasty for sure. But I was... And they kept handing me drinks, dude, like Jello shots, tequila shots. I was like, "No, come on! I gotta watch this game. I gotta stay sober. I want to remember this." <laughs> and obviously, we know what happened. Von Miller just became a god for that game, and basically took the game in his own hands. Single-handedly won that game for us for sure. Yep. And uh, I remember staying up until five a.m. watching just all the crap with that. I stayed up till because our commander gave us the date. Our commander was always good about giving us uh, 
the day off after the Super Bowl. So, because mm-hmm. he knew. He knew. That's nice. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And, uh, yeah, I stayed up sitting on the sitting on the couch just in my Peyton Manning jersey just watching, just just basking in the glory. I, and I, I remember telling myself, I was like, I might not witness this again in my life, you know, although there was two other Super Bowls, but. You know what I mean? It's just like right. every I mean, Super Bowl, you every Super Bowl, then. exactly, and every Super Bowl you come across, it's it's definitely not something to be taken lightly. Because well, it's just such a big deal, dude. It is, especially like, for I, fans like us. You know? Yeah. When we won that Super, Bowl, we spent like the next like hour on the phone, just like with all my family and like friends calling me, like like I'm like. Like everybody in my family, I grew up obviously a diehard Broncos fan. I literally have a Broncos tattoo that I got with my grandma. My grandma yeah. tattoo is like, it's like she. I mean, everybody was calling me. Like it's people just don't understand like how big of a deal it is, and yes. it's just yeah, not miss it. And I was with you. I was drinking quite a bit that day. My group of friends that we used to watch every Sunday together, like literally all day. Uh, we made like this big giant jungle juice that was orange and had all the shots and you know, the girlfriends made the different snacks and stuff and it was just yeah. wild, you know. So I felt the, 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 great times. I gotta slow down because this shit's like you know, no, I'll give me a water for now. I gotta sit here and focus and but it for that CJ Anderson touchdown, it's like you kind of look around, you're like, wait, like, we're, they're about to win the Super Bowl. Like, this is literally yeah. going to happen. Yeah. It was pretty yeah, much after it, that Vaughn, it was, that last Vaughn forced fumble. Yeah. When he, like, reached in and, like, pulled the ball out of the pile. And TJ Ward shook the end zone, but he tripped when he got all excited. It was, like, yeah. at that moment, it's like. <laughs> so, you know, that, that I mean, that's the best way to put it. Like, Vaughn literally, by his like the best Vaughn play of all time, the strip sack at, on the goal line against the, against Cam when he ripped the ball out of his hands, which my, mm-hmm. I still to this day wished he literally would have just took it clean out of Cam's hands and walked it into the end zone. But <laughs> I mean, obviously we'll take it. Exactly. Then the second strip sack pulled the ball out and, you know, put it on our goal line for us again. It was like, you know, that's just who, that's who Vaughn was as a Bronco. He, Like you said, he literally willed that game, and he literally said, like, nah, we're going home with rings. Man, uh, you brought up family, and this – this uh, another short story that I have um, real quick is that uh, – so, <clears throat> like I mentioned earlier, Jordan and his wife Shay were stationed in Virginia Beach, which was about three and a half hours away from me. So we'd frequently go and visit each other, but um, he actually was going to get screwed and he was going to get put on some duty out in, uh, I can't remember the area, but they were going to put him out there on duty during the Super Bowl. And he basically, he basically, I found this out after the fact, but uh, so I'll fast forward a little bit. So I'm sitting there, Jess and I had just come back from Party City. Because we went out, we got Broncos balloons, we got orange and blue balloons, we got all the whole nine yards, man. 
We decorated right. our our base housing up top to bottom, just Bronco stuff, because we wanted to go all out, obviously. And uh, so we get home, we're chilling. This was on Saturday, and I was just hanging out, watching NFL Network, just watching some of the the pregame interviews with all the players, with all their jackets, their Super Bowl Fifty jackets on, and all that stuff. Right. And uh, I hear a knock on the door, and I'm like. Huh, okay. So I go answer the door and nobody's there. And I'm like, first thing I thought, I was like, what the f- who the who the fuck is ding dong ditching me? Seriously? Like Yeah. <laughs> how old are we? How old are we? So, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm like, come on now. So I go running outside and I turn to my left and I see Jordan there and Shay and I'm just like, and they're wearing their Broncos jersey, and I'm just like, Oh my gosh. And I just pick them up <laughs> in the driveway and I'm like, Oh, I can't believe you're here. This is awesome. And, uh, so it turns out he had talked to his chief and he was able to, you know, uh, fandangle himself out of that duty because, you know, he talked to Being his a chief. Broncos fan. Yeah. He's like, I'm a Broncos fan. He's like, I want to go watch this, you know, Broncos game with my brother and my sister. Like, I want to go see this. I want to witness this moment. Can yeah. I please just, I do a lot of stuff on the back end for you guys. Can I please just have this weekend? And his chief was like, Oh yeah. Like, you're That's good. Awesome. Go ahead. Yeah. So that was a cool family moment. And he sat there. He sat there with me and watched the game. So that was a cool family moment. But yeah, like what you were saying Definitely. with Von Miller, it's Von Miller cemented his legacy with that Super Bowl 50 win for sure. Um, and obviously, he had a lot of memories leading up to that. You know, um, the strip sacks. He pretty much pat in the strip sack. Let's be real. You know, like. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I don't remember a lot of players before him that patent that and that would do that a lot. Um, but that was his thing. He would strip sack and strip sack Miller, strip sack Vaughn. You know, he was that was he was known for that. So and there was plenty of times I've seen other you know, plays in the past. You know, you know, there was one specific play against the Raiders where and I think it was the season after the Super Bowl where he essentially just basically <laughs> breaks this tackles ankles the tackle doesn't even get an arm on him he falls down and von miller has a clean shot at Derek carr and he just steals the football away from him Derek carr is in his set doing his reads and von miller takes the football from him and lays down yep and i can't i just can't think of another player that's gonna be that has just cemented himself as much as he did in Denver Broncos history. No. You know, you have your John Elway, you have your Peyton Manning. Obviously, you have all the other players, all that stuff. Yeah, sure. But Von Miller was special. And well, he's he will the, never he's he's just he's on the Mount Rushmore of Denver Broncos history for sure. Right, right. And I think about and, that uh, frequently, man. Like who is the Mount Rush Broncos? You know, obviously John Elway. And the yeah. only like guy that the only other guy that you could say is like literally unanimous is Vaughn like yeah people obviously obviously I am on the Peyton side with that too but there's definitely people out there that be like well he didn't play here long enough yeah you want to you know he's not to say you know but really the only two about them being on the Mount Rushmore of the is John Elway and Vaughn Miller like well, Vaughn Miller and to me is the second I mean he's a top three greatest Bronco of all time you know, and as much as I love Peyton Manning, 
I'd, I'd have to throw Mike Shanahan on that Mount Rushmore of Broncos. Because if we're just doing, if we're not just doing players, then obviously coaches too. Mike Shanahan, and I mean, if we're just going all out, might as well throw Pat Bolin on there too. Yeah. Unanimous. Yeah. The the four the top four people in Broncos history that nobody could ever argue about is John Elway, Von Miller, Mike Shanahan, Pat Bolin. Yeah, that's I've never thought. I mean, I've always thought about it just player wise, but if we're talking about the, literally people that as a whole, yeah, as a whole are the Denver Broncos. Yeah, you, there's no there's there's no argument there. Nobody could argue that unless the only argument that come out of that is oh, it's only players. But I'm talking about Von Miller fits in the mold for the Broncos as a whole. Yeah, and it's like. Yeah, you have your Shannon Sharps. I mean, yeah, you had, you know, Terrell Davis, Ed McCaffrey, yeah. Rod Smith, all that stuff. But the four people that I feel like nobody could argue about being on Mount Rushmore and where if we're not just talking about players, John Elway, Vaughn Miller, Mike Shanahan, Pat Bowen. Yep. Who could argue? I agree. Now, now what about players for you? So players, it's definitely John Elway, Vaughn Miller. And I'd probably have to throw Shannon Sharp on there. I mean, Shannon Sharp is an all-time player here. Um, we're just talking about players. Probably Steve Atwater. I like it. Steve Atwater. My two favorite players of all time are Steve Atwater and Von Miller. So I it's like, like it. How do you feel about Shannon Sharp? Is it, it means either Shannon Sharp or Terrell I mean, Davis, really. My personal, like, I think about this kind of stuff quite often just for fun, but like, it's obviously John, John Elway, Von Miller. And then I like having Floyd Little up on there because okay. when the Broncos were nothing, he was like everything. Like, he was the Broncos for. Well, you have Tom Jackson a, too. Right, right. But just like he was, you know for the longest time it seemed like he was like the one of the only like offensive hall of famers the broncos had you know outside of elway it was like it was like it was like the floyd little show like floyd little really was the one that kind of put denver on the map as a football team and then i go back and forth on like the fourth spot because i think of peyton i think of champ bailey i think of shannon sharp cd like oh yeah i forgot you know it's just that's right, tough. so it's tough, but I would probably still probably put Peyton as the fourth guy, just because you put Peyton, yeah. Just, I mean, it was such a short stint, and that's what like kind of backs me off of it. But at the same time, there they were there were literally probably no more prolific years in the years he had, at least offensively, right? And that's tough but, for me because, but I I I have a lot of respect for Steve Outwater. As do I, you obviously. Know? Yeah, and I, I, and I'm not saying you don't, but that's that's the problem that I run in with. It's like, yeah, Peyton Manning's four years here was absolutely incredible, and he he essentially put us back on the map. Really, yeah. I mean, he took he took Wes Welker, made an all star out of him. He, I mean, he helped De, uh, Demarius Thomas become the player that he is. He took. Uh, 
what's his name, tight end. Why can't I ever think of his name? Uh, he went and played for the Jags afterwards. Julius what? Thomas. Julius Thomas. Jesus, I can't ever remember his name. And uh, uh, I am drawing a blank right now. Pretty boy. Pretty boy Decker. wide receiver. Decker. Eric Decker, yeah. Fucking white trash Decker, as I called him throughout white his tenure. White trash Decker. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, he had that. That was his group. And he made them into essentially Pro Bowl wide receivers. Yeah. Um, that is tough for me. Um, I'd say, I'd say, oh, man, that is. Champ's like the other guy that's like. I know. And people forget about Carl Mecklenburg or Carl Mecklenburg and uh, yeah. Randy Gratishar Al, too. Al Davis. Yeah. Randy yeah, Gratishar. Yeah. Yeah. Radisher. Yeah. It's. A lot of great players have come through this. Tom Jackson, you know, it's it's a tough one. Yeah, that's why I go with the the Broncos as a whole, Mount Rushmore, because I feel like that one is just you can't argue that one. I do like that one. I never even thought of it that way, and I. But that's that just shows the level. I mean, just to kind of relate back to Vaughn, like he's literally a unanimous choice. Yeah, a unanimous choice when it comes to that. He's the best defensive player in team history and we're not just saying that because we're in our fields about von miller it's it's been true yeah since he's the all-time after, sack after leader the, in denver yeah after the first season he's been here you know he's been an all-star since he won defensive rookie of the year you know do what you, i mean like yeah do you remember was, when we thought von was done with the Broncos? like year two or yeah, like year two Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah, remember when it was like this guy is yeah. a loser. He cannot stop smoking weed. He's gonna be a bust. Yeah. And then he cleaned his that. shit up. Yeah, and he did. Yeah, and then he's just like we like as we're talking about him right now, the best defensive player in Broncos history. And that's what's yeah. funny is that like you can sit there and argue about like the offensive player because you obviously have John Payton, TD Shannon Sharp. When it comes to the best defensive player of all time in Broncos history. It's Vaughn. There's no question. There's no question. Like, you, of course, you have Champ, Gratishar, Tom Jackson, Atwater, but really, nobody has the accolades that he does. That he has. Mm-hmm. Eight-time Pro Bowler, seven-time All-Pro, Rookie of the Year, Defensive Rookie of the Year, Super Bowl MVP. Like, he's walking around with a gold jacket on right now. Oh, uh, unanimous first-time ballot Hall of yeah. Famer. No, right. no question. He's the Lawrence Taylor of our time. That's what yep. he is. You know, how, like, people call Eddie Van Halen the Beethoven of our time. He's the uh, Lawrence Taylor of our time. You right. Know? He's – I mean, still he... to this day, they, they, show, they show stats on everything. It says since he's coming to the league. Because people – I mean, people forget that J.J. Watt won defense, two Defensive Player of the Year awards in the last decade mm-hmm. over Von Miller. You had Khalil Mack. He's won one. I mean, Vaughn's honestly been snubbed for a defensive player of the year. And I'm not uh-huh. taking anything away from those guys, but those great years that Vaughn had, yeah, they had great years too. But Vaughn has consistently had And yeah. still, to this day, he is literally leading the league in sacks since he's entered the league. Yeah. Yeah. So here's another question for you. Um who is on the Mount Rushmore for defensive players of all time in the NFL? Oh, God. Yeah. 
So the first one that comes to mind is Reggie White. I mean, yeah, Lawrence Taylor, Mean Joe Green, Reggie White, like Deion Sanders. Deion Sanders, yeah. I mean, that's a, that that is a much longer think, conversation. Do you think Von Miller could make it there? I don't think so. I mean, could he make it there? I mean, if he sticks with the Rams for a few more years playing next to Aaron Donald, the numbers could, you know, put him there. Yeah. Personally, as much as I love Vaughn, I think, like, the injuries that he has had, he, I mean, he's missed a season and a half practically with his injuries. And then his suspension. So he's missed almost two seasons of his career. Because, he, I mean, he missed all of last season, obviously. He tore his ACL. I mean, I guess it was pretty late in the season, the year that we, uh, in 2013. Yeah. Um, and then like his, his weed suspension and stuff. So he's missed a lot of games. So he, his numbers could be better than they are or even, even better. It's not like I'm, I mean, I'm not knocking his numbers by any means, of course, but his numbers could be better than they are if he would have played. But like, I mean, it's so, it's so hard, like to try to catch up to, he's already 32. And that's a, a young man, but in football world, it's not, you know? Yeah. Um, I mean, he's got a long ways to catch up to Bruce Smith, I'm pretty sure, still. Yeah. Uh, it's just tough, man. And if we're talking pass rushers, maybe he's close, but just defensive players of all okay, time. Okay, who's your, who's your Mount Rushmore pass rusher? And, Reggie and, White, Lawrence Taylor. Lawrence Taylor is, like, the, obviously the guy. Reggie Lawrence White. Taylor, Reggie White. Bruce Smith. Bruce Smith and probably – Who would be the fourth? <sighs> Is it Vaughn? I mean, I feel like I'm missing some like some very obvious ones. I don't know. I, don't, I, I, I can't don't think, think it, of I any. Mean, Is it Warren Sapp? No. no. Is it um, – I mean, who else? Man. I mean, Derek Thomas, who Vaughn literally wears 58 because of. Like, Derek Thomas is up there. It's a tough one. There still, because, I mean, he does have two defensive player of the years under his belt. I mean, yeah. I mean J- Vaughn's close, dude. All time. I mean, Vaughn's close. You got, like, for me, probably, maybe, I mean, me and Joe Green might not even be on there. I mean, he he's like, I mean, you got guys like Deacon Jones from like way back. Man, Demarcus Ware is no slouch. Obviously, I mean, it's such mm-hmm. a such a great fraternity of pass rushers in NFL history. And I mean, obviously, but like Lawrence Taylor, Reggie White are locks. Obviously, mm-hmm. Derek Thomas, Derek Thomas is cl- probably pretty damn close. Man, and, I mean, Bruce Smith is <laughs> probably. I mean, it, you just can go. For, Vaughn's close, man. A few, a few good years. I mean, let's hope he stays healthy. And if it's not Oops. with the Bron- if it's not with the Broncos, hopefully it's stay- he stays with the Rams. They've already expressed interest in s- extending him. They've kind yeah. of came out and said they- that's what Vaughn is. I'd love to see him not get double teamed every single play. What he can do? Well, they can't but- anymore. Literally, exactly. They have the best, probably the best interior pass rusher of all time in Aaron Donald. So yeah. don't I mean. There's another one that people think, seem to forget. I mean, on the Mount Rushmore, he's probably the most gifted interior pass rusher mm-hmm. who's ever lived. So, I, I mean, let's hope if he ain't with the Broncos, he stays with the Rams. 
and plays the rest of his career out with Aaron Donald next to him, and he's just racks up the sack numbers. Hopefully he gets another ring. Hopefully he gets another ring. That'd be cool. Yeah, that'd be awesome, dude. Yeah, and I'm with you. I think I am obviously a Broncos fan, but I do think I'm rooting for the Rams now. Seriously, I'm going to be watching them Sunday night. And every time Vaughn Miller gets a sack, I'm going to be jumping for joy. Yeah, dude. I mean, I, I mean, and especially it's easier because he's an, it's an NFC team, you know? Yeah. We don't see him that often. Well, and the Broncos aren't relevant. I mean, they're, they're not going to do anything. Obviously, the Broncos, I'm still going to root for them. But let's be realistic, guys. Like, are they really going to make a push for the Super Bowl this year? Yeah. No. No, they're not. Uh, but if the Broncos play the Rams in the Super Bowl in some universe, then yeah, I'm going for the Broncos, okay? <laughs> right. But it's not going to happen, folks. And um, I feel like we should spend our time, you know, not just completely dreading the Broncos, but like being happy for a Broncos legend and hoping the best for him and seeing him succeed further and seeing him bolster those career numbers and having him. You know, just appreciate the greatness while it's still in the league. Yeah, absolutely, man. So that's kind of like where I stand on it. So, yeah. But dang, man. So about two hours in. Um, Got a lot of good memories covered in this one. <laughs> we did. Yeah. And all for good reasons. And we definitely wanted to pay the right tribute to, you know, a phenomenal Broncos legend. So. Yeah. Um, we love you, Vaughn. We're going to miss you. We hope nothing, nothing but the best for you. Thank you for all the memories. Thank you for that Super Bowl. I mean, you hear me and Anthony talk about it now. That Super Bowl made such a great impact in our lives. And, yeah. you know, we remember it like it was yesterday. So, and it, it you know, it, it was great. So, did you have any other final thoughts about this, Anthony? I mean, no, man. I mean, I just look forward to when he gets to come back. I mean, obviously, never say never. <laughs> yeah, you know, he maybe he comes back, but I look forward to when he comes back for his ring of his ring of fame induction. I look right. forward to his Hall of Fame induction. He had great things to say in his little in his goodbye message. He posted on Instagram and all his social media sites. He mentioned dozens of players dozens of coaches just and how great was it dude he literally thanked the janitors the, the yeah. field guys like he literally thanked everybody and that's just mm-hmm. the kind of person Vaughn is that's the kind of person Vaughn is to this franchise as a whole and yeah he's gonna be surely missed he's my favorite Bronco of all time he's you know I've obviously been a Broncos in my entire life but my predominant years these last 10 years since I was in you know in high school I've literally He's like I would I would say he's the first Broncos player that I've watched be be drafted and literally have this kind of career until it ended with the Broncos. Yep. Like you homegrown. know, I'd, yeah, he's one hundred percent homegrown. I mean, I have. I mean, I literally have a Von Miller high school jersey. I have his high school jersey. Like it's he's that kind of player to me. Like I literally have as much Von Miller Von Miller memorabilia as I could have. I mean, I have no. There's nobody else to me like Von Miller. He's my favorite Bronco of all time. 
And man, yeah, he's gonna be missed. It was it was sucky news yesterday. It was necessary news at the same time. Still doesn't make it easier, and it's gonna be sh- real shitty to see him uh, in a different uniform. But he will always be Denver's fifty-eight. Yep. He will, he is not wearing fifty-eight in Los Angeles, and fifty-eight is gonna be in the rafters. Yep. Without a doubt. Yeah. Funny, funny little thing I forgot to mention is that I actually got a uh, one of those military service jerseys that just came out. Oh, did you? Yeah, I guess what player I got. I'm gonna guess Vaughn. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm still gonna wear it. Yeah, no that's matter. The other, that's the other great thing. You have players that you can be seen out in public still wearing after right. they're not on your well, team he's a anymore. Legend. Yeah. Exactly. That's the thing. That's the best way to describe Von Miller. He is a Denver Broncos legend. Mm-hmm. It's like wearing a Terrell Davis or an Atwater or John Elway. Exactly. You know, or it doesn't. It doesn't matter. So yeah. we're gonna miss him. We're gonna miss him. So good luck in LA, and hopefully get that other ring. Get that ring quick so you can come back, Von. We want <laughs> yeah. you back. Come yeah. back and get a, get a third ring with the Broncos. Okay. <laughs> yeah, he's definitely a one-day contract type of guy for the Broncos. Oh, without a doubt, at the very without least. a doubt. So, all right, man. So, did you have any final thoughts about anything? No, but I think that's about it for me, man. Alrighty, kind sir. Well, again, like always, thank you all for listening to Couch Potato Sports Denver Broncos Edition podcast. Be sure to check out other podcasts. You got the Avalanche, Nuggets, and Rockies. Um, Give them a listen. Great stuff. Great content for all your Denver sports listeners. I actually got a a request on TikTok the other day about potentially opening a Rapids portion of this. It's the first Mm -hmm. time I've actually had that asked. And uh, definitely going to look into it. I got to find a uh, Rapids analyst because if I'm being honest with you, I don't know much about the Rapids. So I do not um, either. So I got to f- do some do some search and see if I can find a Rapids super fan out there to I give was, you guys give you guys ooh, the content you deserve, you Rapids fans. So. I might have somebody in mind, dude. Actually, well, let me know. I will actually message him and kind of see where he stands, and then right. I'll let you know. All right, let's do it. I'm down for it. I mean, Colorado sports. We got to appreciate the Rapids. They're probably the best Colorado team right now. <laughs> <laughs> They've won the most so, recent championship. Exactly. Right, yeah. They won their their championship was more recent than Super Bowl 50, I believe. Yeah, it was. Yep. Okay. So So, hey, got to show some love to a Colorado team, so I'm all about it. I was actually at the first ever game at Dick Sporting Goods Park. Were you? Yeah, I was. Nice. It, That's cool. I was like 13 and it was freezing as it was freaking cold <laughs> as hell, and it ran out of hot chocolate, and there was actually a street on the field. Oh, day nice. Day will not forget. <laughs> Very nice. So rapid yeah. gains are pretty lit, huh? So you got to check it out. They used to be at least. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, so we'll definitely look into that for that Rapids fan that's listening. Uh, appreciate you listening. Uh, we'll get you hooked up. So, um, Anthony. As always, it's been great doing this with you. I appreciate it. Appreciate going down memory lane with Mr. Vaughn Miller with you. So I look forward to the future. I think uh, the future is bright with this Broncos team. 
Um, it, it, it's going to be nice when it gets here. So yeah. we can have more, more good memories to look forward to. And maybe, maybe someday we have uh, another player like Von Miller, but. I mean, Pat Sertan's starting pretty nice. Yeah, Pat Sertan, yeah, but Von Miller's <laughs> yeah. special, and I'm not going right. to discredit that. That's a hard player to find. So Yeah, absolutely. Um, and that just goes in overall character, too. You know, him thanking the janitor, all that stuff. He's a good person all the way around. So, all right, absolutely. kind sir. Well, you, sir, have a wonderful night. And as always, you go Broncos. You too, man. Later.